Let's pray. Lord, as we uh, read your words from Amos, um, teach us what you want to teach us, challenge us, inspire us, encourage us, um, and help us to learn from your amazing power and your amazing love. Amen. Okay, so this is the uh, final um, talk on the series in Amos, which we've been looking at over the last three or four weeks. Uh, and just a quick recap, if you haven't um, been at all um, over the last few Sundays, Amos is a shepherd from Judah, which is the southern kingdom of Israel, um, and he's been given some really harsh words from God to communicate to the northern kingdom of Israel um, called Israel. Um, his message to the people is that their actions have been really bad. They've mistreated people around them. They've hurt God by those actions. They've thought only of themselves. Sounds a bit familiar to today. And although Amos is fairly depressing, if I'm honest to read, most of it isn't particularly great reading, at the end you get a bit of hope from God that this isn't what it's all about. Um, and so we're going to be looking a bit more at that uh, the final message, which is one of hope and restoration for Israel, God's people. Um, and rather than concentrate on us, I want to be looking particularly at God. Three aspects uh, from this passage, which I believe teach us about God and who he is. And the first one of those um, is that he's faithful to his promises. I don't know if you know anyone, you probably do, someone you know who... Uh, promises you things and then doesn't always deliver. Maybe they promise um, and you've arranged it well in advance, they're going to come down for the weekend and visit you. And then the night before, they let you down and you just think, ah, gutted. And it wasn't a great excuse either. Or maybe you know someone who uh, just says, yeah, I'll be able to help you with that, and then never quite do. Someone who perhaps doesn't deliver what their promises suggest they will. Fortunately, God isn't like that. When God promises something, he delivers. He sticks true to his word. And we read that throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament. We see many times where God promises things to his people, whether it be Adam, Noah, um, Abraham, Moses, David, and so on and so on. He has covenants with his people. And he says, if you do this, if you obey me, then I will give you this and that. Prosperity, I will give you land. I'll give you many descendants, I'll give you security, peace, and I will make sure that I have a relationship with you, my people, if you obey what I do, what I command. Um, but as we know, Israelites often don't quite manage to do that. The Israel people um, can never quite do what God wants them to do, and so the relationship keeps on being broken, and they keep on not getting what they were promised because they didn't actually obey the commands. And so we see in this passage that uh, God promises that he will no longer destroy his people, that he will raise them up and restore his people, and that he will, he will uh, never uproot them again. Um, and here we see that it's not necessarily based on any, uh, anything that the Israel people need to do, but here we see a glimpse of what Jesus does on the cross, and that is grace, that is love for people that we can't earn, we can't earn our relationship with God. Here God shows that he will never destroy his people again. He promises that he will restore us and bring hope. For me, when we think about God's promises in the Bible, 
it's such a peace to know that he does fulfill his promises. Because if we truly believe in those promises and that he did fulfill them, then we can, we can have a peace about things that are going on in, in our life. If he wants to bring out the best in us, then we can trust in him for that. And obviously there's millions of promises in the Bible, but they're so, they, they're so, um, they offer so much in different ways. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 God says to his people, I know the plans I have for you, for prosperity, not for harm. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Come to me, those who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. 1 Corinthians 10, the Holy Spirit won't let you be tempted beyond what you can stand. John eight twelve, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Promise after promise which we know and can trust in to be true. So that's my first point. God is faithful to his promises. The second point uh, from this passage is that God is for all people. If you look in verse 7 of chapter 9, um, it says, Israel, I am the Lord God, and the Ethiopians are no less important to me than you are. I brought you out of Egypt, but I also brought the Philistines from Crete, and the Arameans from Kerr. God here is telling them that it's not just about them as a people. All people matter to him. And actually this passage is used when um, we read in Acts 15, there's something called the Council of Jerusalem, where people meet to try and discuss, is Christianity, is God just for Jews? Or can it be opened up to all people, to Gentiles too? And they have massive debates about this, lots of people involved, the apostles are involved, and eventually from this comes out that, yes, God is for all people, that they will preach not just to Jews, but to Gentiles too. And so the challenge for us is, do we, do we communicate that? Do we kind of think, actually, I, you know, subconsciously, maybe I don't really think that person can, be, uh, can have a relationship with God? All colours, all sizes, all genders, all sexualities, all backgrounds, all intelligences, all abilities... God sees all of us as his children and loves us each equally. He loves me as much as he loves Barack Obama, Simon Cowell, the Pope, Susan Boyle. We could go on. He loves us each equally. But is there anyone, do you think, that we kind of think is too far from God's grasp, that we separate them from God? Another point to mention in that God is for all is that he uses all of us in different ways. Amos didn't see him as a, himself as a professional prophet. He kind of saw himself as God using him to communicate this message to the people at that time. But the encouragement for us is that, that, that God can use us, even if we don't think we're worthy. God can use any of us for his glory. So we've got God is faithful to his promises. God um, is for all. I forgot that for a second. And the last point, which I wanted to begin with F as well, because then I'd have had three Fs and then it'd been easy to remember, but I couldn't think of any word beginning with F which fitted with it at all, so we've got an R instead. Um, so my last point is that God rebuilds us. He rebuilds us. Israel was in a mess. The people had been selfish. They'd mistreated each other. They needed help. But we read in the final couple of verses in chapter 9, if you have a look at it, I'll make Israel prosper again. You will rebuild your towns and live in them. You will drink wine from your own vineyards and eat the fruit you grow. 
I'll plant your roots deep in the land I have given you, and you won't ever be uprooted again. I, the Lord God, have spoken. God promises to rebuild the nation, to give the people hope. And for us, whatever mess we're in at the moment, whatever mess we've been in in the past, whatever the bad things we've done that have caused harm to others, God brings a message of hope and reconciliation. He can restore us. He can bring good things out of us. The emphasis, though, has to be on God. It's not on us. If we think we can do things by our own strength, we're mistaken. The more we realise that we are actually can only do so little, that we have limitations, that we need God so much in our lives, only then can he restore us because we're recognising how much power he has and how much he can do in our lives. We can then allow him to bring great fruit in our lives as well. At home, uh, at our home in Caxton, our kitchen ceiling is got lots of cracks emerging, lots of lines along the ceiling. Um, and every few weeks there's another line. And every few weeks it gets a little bit more nerve-wracking. We've actually got some friends staying on, um, above that ceiling at this moment. And they're a little bit scared that they're going to fall in at this very point. They may have done, actually, this morning. They may have fallen in. They may be on the floor, on the kitchen floor right now. But So our ceilings, it's, uh, it's not in a good way, it has to be said. And so uh, we asked uh, a friend of ours who's a builder to come and look at it. And um, he said, right, you've got two options. You can either just do a bit of a patch-up job, okay, so no one can really see that uh, there's any cracks there, okay, um, won't cost that much. If you want to redo the ceiling, which is obviously more preferable, then you can do it, you can, you know, completely fix it, problem solved, obviously costs a bit more money, a bit more time. So that's the options for us at this moment. What do we go for? And we haven't quite decided yet. We, and it depends uh, if anyone's looking to buy a house. I might give a different answer. Um, <laughs> but uh, the thing with God is he doesn't want to just do a patch-up job on our lives. He doesn't want to just cover over the cracks, the things that you know, maybe aren't so good in our lives. He wants to completely restore us. He wants to change us, renew us inside out. He wants to get to every bit and change us and bring out the best in us. So just the challenge to finish with is, is there one part of that that maybe challenges you in particular? Do you believe that God is faithful? Do you believe that he can keep his promises and that he wants the best for you? Do you believe that God is for all people, that he wants a relationship with every person? Other people that you maybe think are too far from him. And thirdly, do you believe that God can rebuild you? That even if you've been through the worst stuff in your life that God can renew you and restore you so you're no longer a broken giant Jenga you're restored to originally what you were made to be we're going to listen to a song uh, by a band called Mumford and Sons um, and use this time just to think about what, what do you need to be challenged by, what do you need to be encouraged by think about what God can do for you um, and use this time to pray to him, ask him Believe that he can do things in your life which maybe you don't even believe. Um, and I pray that you'll be challenged and inspired by what he's speaking to you.